rock and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you, joined by D.P. Sidhu and Drew Doherty. And our guest tonight, it's the first time he's ever been on this program, Eric Murray, safety. How's it going, Eric? Thanks a lot for being with us. How you doing? We're I'm happy to be great. here, man. Yeah, it's, it's fun to have you on. And, um, and you know, we, we kind of just met you, really, because, you know, you've been with the team for a, a while now, but you got here in the offseason during the pandemic. Right. And, you know, we haven't had our usual chances to really do stuff with you. We're not in a restaurant tonight or anything like that. But what's it been like? Let's just start there. What was it like coming to Houston during this crazy time and joining a new team and, and everything you have to go through with the COVID stuff and mm-hmm. also, oh, yeah, play football at a high level. Uh, it was a little bit hectic. Um, and it was a, a really tough transition just being able to get to know people. As you know, like, I've been on the team, but this is the first time we've spoken. So it was kind of like that in the beginning, like, where I was on the team, but I guess I really didn't feel like I was on the team because I couldn't put faces with names and they didn't know what my face looked like and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, as we got to meet in person and had these talks through Zoom and stuff, everything started to ease up a little bit, um, and I got to know people a little bit better, and the transition started to become smoother. What's it been like uh, playing in this D, in this defensive backfield with Anthony Weaver as the coordinator, as you guys lately, a two-and-two in the last four, starting to get it going Mm -hmm. a little bit here. What's it been like? Uh, It's been a good process, I think. Um, I feel like Everybody is at a point in their career where we're all trying to gel together um, and make something happen. So I think we all have that uh, in common. So it's been really well to work with each other uh, and see what works, see what doesn't work, and just continue to grow together and get better together. Eric, we have so many former Browns on our team, it seems like, but you were only there last year. So were you able to rely on guys like Darren Fells or – um, Farrell Brown or even Duke Johnson, you know, in that transition here, even if your times there didn't overlap? Well, well, Darren, Darren was a little different. He was there before I, before I was there, but uh, Farrell definitely, um, I rely on Farrell because when I got there, like Farrell was the first person I, um, I kicked it with when I was there. So uh, man, Farrell was like really close. Um, so I'm glad he's on the team and he brings a good work ethic and stuff like that. And uh, Duke, um, he had departed like shortly after I got there, um, but I still knew him a little bit because I worked out in Miami a little bit. So um, I was still familiar with him and the type of work that he put out there, too. So it did bring some familiarity once I uh, shifted over from the Browns to here. How much does it help having guys on a former team to sort of explain things? Because you hear like from a lot of players, sometimes it's the language that's the hardest to get mm-hmm. over. Even though it's not your position group, does it help having that familiarity? I think it does help, um, mainly because, like, you see you see people work around the league, um, and then when you see other people that you work with go to other teams, it's kind of like, okay, we have, like, similar work ethics. So I understand 
you know, why why they went to that team or, or why they are wanted there. So uh, it definitely did help. So what's it like when you play a former team? You've already done this once. You led the season mm-hmm. off with the Chiefs when you played them. But I know every game's important for you. Every game gets you excited. But does it change just a little bit when you're playing against a former team? Uh, I think so, a little bit. Um, I mean, we played the Chiefs, and I was there for three years, so I did want to take it to the Chiefs a little bit. Um, uh, played for the Browns, and I get to go back to Berea and stuff like so like that. So I think I want to take it to them as well. Uh, I think it meant a little bit more for the Chiefs since I was there longer. Uh, but I still want to get the W against the Browns too. Eric Murray, safety, joining us. All right, so when you joined the Chiefs initially, did you think you were going to play corner for them? I know you moved to safety very early in the process, but what was that yeah. like as you first got into the league? And I think Philip Gaines was there with you as well, right? Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, Philip Philip was there. Um, but I thought – I mean – I had no indication I was going to come there and play safety. I thought, you know, coming into the league, my, my job, I was going to be a corner. Um, that's what I played in in college, and that's what I did for four years. Um, it was like maybe a couple of plays or so where I would rotate back and play a deep zone in one of the defenses we may have had in college, but never would I thought that I would make a living like playing safety or um, playing other positions in the secondary other than corner. So – yeah, now you're playing all over the place. What's it like, you know, being kind of such a such a, a flexible guy in this system under Weaver? Um, it's it's a definitely a learning process because I didn't start to get I didn't start to get opportunities to play corner until about the last game last year, and and that's because we had like people like Denzel Ward who could match up with other people. So. Um, once you pick those matchups, and then it's kind of easier that way. Uh, sometimes I get matched up outside. Sometimes I get matched up inside. Um, but it's definitely been a learning process because different areas of the field call for different techniques. Um, and you have to know what areas you're on, um, whether you're on the outside, you have that sideline of protection and stuff like that. And inside, you kind of don't have that protection, but you still have people around you. Um, so you got to know where everybody's at and stuff like that. So it's been a learning process, but uh, I'm enjoying it, and I think it's uh, paying off for me. Eric Murray joining us. Uh, go ahead, DP. I was going to say, Lonnie made the transition this year from, from corner to safety. You guys are sort of all transitioning all over the place. Did you have words of advice for him making the, the move that you had to make a few years back? Uh, definitely. I just told him um, it's all going to work out. Uh, even when even when I transitioned to safety, it was a tough transition for me because that's it's way more mental. Um, corner is more of a physical game because it's like who's who's the fastest, who has the best technique out there, and you know, it's just press and you man to man. But the closer you get inside to the line of scrimmage, um, the more football you have to know and the more nuances of the game you have to know. So I just told him um, it'll all work out. Um, he's a good physical specimen and he can do what he needs to do. Um, as long as he catches up mentally, he should be fine. Eric, you went to Minnesota and you grew up in Milwaukee. So if you grow up in Milwaukee, is it Big Ten or nothing? I mean, is that what you want more than anything if you're a Milwaukee kid? Or does it just vary? I mean, how, how was it for you growing up and where you thought you might play college ball? Uh, you know what? When I, when I grew up, I was more of an NFL type dude. Like, uh, I never really thought about playing college football. I thought I was going to go from high school straight to the NFL, which is, like, <laughs> virtually impossible. But That'd be nice. <laughs> like, that's just, you know, that was my mindset. Um, I really wasn't into the college game like that um, until I went to college. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was at with it. 
So you went to Minnesota. What were your other options, and why did you choose to go to Minnesota? Uh, I didn't really have too many other options, honestly. Um, I went to Minnesota senior day. Um, going into my senior year, I went to a few camps. I went to Central Michigan for one day, and then I went to Northern Illinois. And then thirdly, I went to Minnesota for their one day. Um, did some good things there, and I went – to all those places as a wide receiver. Uh, and then I kind of, at Minnesota, I went with the wide receiver group, but I mistakenly went with the DB group. Um, <laughs> and the coach was like, go over there, but I might want to see you back over here later. So um, <laughs> still went with the wide receivers. And then at the end of the one day, I came back over and did some DB drills. And they kind of, you know, like what they seen. And they asked me to come back. And I literally came back, and it was me and three other DBs, and we did, like, tackling drills, and we did one-on-ones with, like, a group of receivers. It was, like, 12 of them, three of us. And I had a good day that day, just like I did the previous time I went up there, and they offered me. Um, and I, that's kind of how, like, my story was written right there. Were you bummed at all that you weren't going to play wide receiver anymore, or were you just excited? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly thought I was a wide receiver. Nobody could tell me any different. So it just <laughs> – but, you know, once they offered you education and um, a good college experience, I just took it. Um, and I kind of did the best best I could with it. it it's worked right? out all right for you. You've been in the NFL now for <laughs> quite some time. But before yeah. you got there, you played a few games with the Golden Gophers here in Houston. Did you not? Weren't you part of those bowl teams that were down here? Yeah. Uh, I played. We played, what, two games down here? And then we lost both of them. So it was kind of like a, a cloud hanging over my head when we, whenever I would come here. So I wasn't too enthused about coming here every time because I had lost here every time. So it just was, it was tough. But, you know, when I came here, I think we played the Texans in 2016 or something like that. I think I won here. That was the first time I won in NRG. So, well, cool. yeah, yeah. It's in 17, you played in that wild Sunday night game with Watson, right? And mm -hmm. I think it was Alex Smith still playing quarterback for the Chiefs. Yeah. And Watson threw something like five touchdown passes, but the Texans yeah, lost the game. You guys crazy still won. that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that probably makes you want to play some wide receiver. But uh, in <laughs> high school, was it was it receiver only, or did you go both sides of the football? Um, I didn't start playing defense until my last year in high school. Uh, once I got the scholarship, then they transitioned me over to defense, and I played both ways. I, but mainly I played wide receiver. Eric Murray joining us. So – uh, and, and DP brought it up. Were you bummed when you when you stopped playing receiver? Is that like part of the growing up process? Like you're going to college, like okay, I get what this is all about. It's like I hate to say it's a business in college, but you mentioned it. You know, you're getting an education, and it's it's a transactional kind of thing in a way. And then uh, and then as a pro, like you, you turn from a corner into a safety. So that's all right. part of the process, right? I mean, that's always kind of been my story. Like started off as wide receiver, turned to DB, and then started off, you know, cornerback turn to safety, um, which essentially it's in the same field, but it just, that's kind of been my transition, just being adaptable and being able to learn different things. So um, I think that's what's really been able to uh, help me create longevity in this, in this field. How tough was it last year getting hurt and coming back from the injury? Uh, I think it was pretty tough. That was the first time I ever been seriously injured, like in my, in my whole sports playing career like I've had like ankle sprains here and there but 
having a major knee surgery and, and going through that. Um, it was a tough process, but I was determined to, to rehab and come back and play those play those last few games that I played. What do people not understand about knee surgery for a, a pro athlete, you know, a high-level athlete, and coming back from that? What do people, like, out there, fans, you, just, you hear about this mm-hmm. stuff, you assume someone's going to come back, but a lot of people don't realize the kind of work that goes into getting back to that level. Uh, it's just tough because you have, like, a initial phase where you, like, not doing anything, um, and that's a lot of physical activity out of your life that's, you know, that's it's vital. Yeah human movement is pretty vital to our, you know, our psyche and stuff like that. So um, that's an initial moment where you're not doing anything. And then you kind of go through the healing process and then being able to actually regain your mobility back and then put explosiveness on top of that to be able to perform a sport, I think is the most difficult part Um, because most people, when they get injured, they come back, they heal, but then there's no explosive part being placed on top of that. It's kind of like, you know, I'm just healed just so I can go back through my daily life and walk up the stairs, walk down the stairs type of thing. But being able to run and jump and cut and put that on top of an injury um, in such a short amount of time, I think that's the most difficult part that people miss. We got Texans defensive back Eric Murray joining us. And for those of you listening who are expecting to hear Eric Murray, the New Zealand rower, uh, (laughs) we're sorry. Eric, you and I touched on this when we did our Drew's Dozen about a month or two ago. Uh, so we only got a little bit into this conversation, but when did you first discover that there was another very famous Eric Murray out there that is famous in another part of the world in another sport? Uh, and I can't really remember. Um, I think it's around the time when like people like Google got popular and people started, you know, Googling themselves or whatever, just sitting yeah. around. So I typed my name in thinking I'm going to be the first person that type in like anybody would think, but you know, he <laughs> popped up and then I kind of went from there. So I was, obviously interested in that because you know he was good at what he did so um that's kind of where it initially caught on right there i hope you get to meet him someday if you've not already and what would, that would what do you think that cool. encounter would be like uh kind of would be like um your name eric my name eric too type of thing <laughs> and i think we spell it the same way yep. so, it's all the that, same i just googled. yeah so i i think that makes me happy because everybody you know, ask me, is it uh, with a C or with a CK? And the CK, it just, it's ill to me. So I just, I kind of <laughs> stray away from that one. So he's I'm a gold medalist. about powers to make this meeting happen someday, okay? And, and when that happens, we're right. going to document it. Cool. He, he's a gold medalist in rowing from New Zealand at, at the uh, 2012 and 2016 Olympics. And did you have rowing at Minnesota? I mean, were you aware of that? They must have some crew uh, or something like that there. We did. We did have a rowing team. Uh, I didn't know many of them, but I, I I do know we had rowing. I never met any of them, though. It's no joke, the conditioning that those guys go through. That's for sure. Uh, what other yeah, sports were you good at in high school, Eric? And, and was there was there another sport that you might have uh, toyed with playing in college or, or beyond the high school mm-hmm. or, or school age level? Well, in high school, I, um, I ran track. I played I played baseball, which was a little conflicting because I was in the same same season. Um, and then I wrestled. Um, really enjoy I really enjoyed wrestling. I was like one of my favorite sports that I played in high school that I wish I would have did earlier. Um, I played basketball, but I wasn't really that good at basketball. I couldn't shoot. Um, I'm left-handed, so I feel like nobody ever taught me how to shoot. Um, but 
And wrestling was a good one, and probably in baseball. I really enjoyed baseball when I while I played it, but I start I opted out and ran track instead to become faster for football. Once I decided like football was something I really wanted to do. Hey, at what weight did you wrestle when you were in high school? Uh, one seventy one. So that was like the the kind of premier weight. What I know, there's guys that are heavier, but mm-hmm. that's like the, the toughest one to win, isn't it? Yeah, 171 is pretty tough, and you see all types of body types in 171. Like, I was a toothpick. I was pretty skinny. And then you see, like, a short, meaty dude who don't yeah. look like he's 171, but he's 171, and it's it was tough, um, especially with it being my first year wrestling and stuff. So it was it was fun, though. I really enjoyed, like, the how physical it was, and I wasn't very good with the technique on the ground, but – what I was good was was shooting and getting into the legs and taking people down, and I would let them up. And then I was pretty well conditioned, so I just would shoot, get on them, get my two points, and then get back up and do it again. Yeah, I was going to say the, the wrestling conditioning is good, but isn't wrestling conditioning almost as good, if not better? Yeah, for- re- wrestling is probably one of the toughest sports I've ever done. Um, just even preparing for that six minutes, my goal was to not go six minutes when <laughs> I would go into a match because it was – it was tough. Like the first match I ever had, I felt like I was, I was going to die at the end because like, it was just so fast paced and so rigorous. I didn't want to drink water. I didn't do nothing after I finished. So it was, it was tough. How much of the wrestling helped football and the football helped the wrestling? I think the wrestling helped a lot as far as like when you're tackling people, like you got to create like certain shit angles and when you shooting and wrapping into somebody's legs, like those shin angles are crucial to, to tackling. So I think it really helped me a lot. Um, I, I originally got the idea to start wrestling um, because they said Roddy White was a wrestler, the wide receiver from the Falcons. Mm. So that's why, that's really why I started wrestling. Cause you were wide receiver too. at the Yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, I was trying to get better at any cost. Roddy White. Good name to bring up. I like Roddy White. Okay. So, Cutting weight in wrestling, did you have to cut weight to get down to 171? I mean, and I know that you knew guys on mm-hmm. that team who would go through hell to cut weight and get to whatever their class was in time for their mm-hmm. – See, luckily I was a little bit under 171, so I never had to cut – I never had to cut weight or do anything, you know, rigorous to get down the weight. I was usually – I hovered around like 165, 170. So um, as long as I was around there, I was fine. Yeah, it's that's a that's a bear though for some guys having to cut weight and they're yeah. spitting and doing whatever they have to do. Yeah, it's 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 not good <laughs> uh, to get to get down to that. What about baseball? What position? Baseball, I played center field. So I played center field. I never Makes really sense. played in the infield. I don't think as many uh, positions for a left-handed infielder in baseball. I don't think. <laughs> you're you're still playing center field right now in the NFL, yeah. basically. I mean, as a safety. Mm-hmm. And, and what is what is that like? I mean, I asked you, like, what do people not know about uh, knee rehab? But what do people not know about playing safety and everything you need to know back there? Because you're kind of the quarterback of the secondary. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like most people don't understand that the quarterback is always looking to where to see where the safeties is. And that, a lot of the times that's his indicator for, you know, what defense you might be in and stuff like that. So being, being able to, to know what you're in as a safety and to know what the quarterback is looking at to put himself in the best position, uh, I think that's crucial to playing safety, um, especially when you want to disguise and be able to trick young quarterbacks into certain looks and stuff like that. It just makes the game a lot 
harder for him mentally, and it just makes his decisions a lot slower. Interesting. All right, Eric Murray is with us, and we've got some uh, off-the-beat, off-beat, off-the-trail kind of questions for Eric coming up, and also more on the Houston Texans as the Texans will take on the Cleveland Browns, Eric's former employer, coming up on Sunday at noon. So stick around on the Texans Players Show here on Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. The Hyundai Thanksgiving sales event is going on now, so that means it's time to feast on the savings. What's more, you'll get the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and complimentary maintenance. Hurry in to the Hyundai Thanksgiving sales event before these great deals get gobbled up. Get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the 2021 Sonata or get up to 2250 cash back. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans, for well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 1421. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. Texans fans, the 2020 NFL season is finally here and the race to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa is officially underway. Be there when it all ends with an official Super Bowl 55 ticket package from NFL On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. Don't wait to secure verified game tickets, all-inclusive pregame hospitality complete with appearances from some of the biggest names in football and so much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com today and secure the football experience of a lifetime. Chance of a lifetime. Chance of a lifetime. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. It's Texans Radio, the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, and Drew Doherty joined by Eric Murray, Texans Safety. And let's get to some other questions, off-field questions for Eric. Eric, all right, here we go. Now, you played football for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans. You played at Minnesota. But let's get to the big cities here of Kansas City and Houston and the big food selection of barbecue. Because Kansas City barbecue versus Houston barbecue is definitely a thing. So what are you thinking here? I assume you've tried a lot of Houston barbecue. I know you've tried the Kansas City stuff. What do you think? Uh, I think – you know, it's tough because, because of like COVID and stuff like that. So I really haven't ventured out too much. Um, okay. From the barbecue, I have tried though. Uh, it's a different, it's a different style. Um, I know in Kansas City, they like burnt ends. They're really, yeah. really big on burnt ends and stuff like that, which I enjoyed while I was there. Um, and brisket's a big thing here too. Um, so it's really hard for me to compare, honestly, but. Burntons was a favorite of mine while I was yep. there. Yep. Um, so I don't really, I really got too much to take on that. We all, we Are always they? get them up there. Jack Stack. Why don't they have burnt ends in Houston? I don't understand. Uh, that. Because yeah. that's not the, that's not the flavor here. Like people, that's just I what don't know. That's something that's really unique to to Kansas City. They love the burnt ends there. Houston doesn't get a fair shake because of COVID. I feel like it's not a normal eating out experience. Oh, with Eric? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Eric, yeah. Yeah, he's a well, full non-COVID cycle here. Yes, yes. You're just going to have to yeah, stay once here. Once I for- get that, I can, <laughs> I can have a, a better answer on that. Yeah, there sure. we go. 
I also think it's sort of an unfair question because really if it's like which one, you just say yes. That's my answer because they're both, mm-hmm. they've both got their strong points. You did a good job of uh, kind of politically giving each side and yeah. then making a choice. I like that. But really, hey, you can enjoy them both. There's nothing Listen, wrong in fairness it. to yeah. me, I really wasn't asking him to choose. I was kind of asking for a review yeah. and a compare and contrast. <laughs> right. Maybe like I an essay. <laughs> Which is exactly what Eric did. So we're all good. All right, now you got to make a hard choice because I'm coming at you with a fastball, Eric. If you could track right. any of the planets, which planet would you choose and why? If you could what planet? Travel. Travel oh, to a planet. Oh, my gosh. Planet. Don't make weird faces at you two. He's actually... Uh, well, he'd either burn up and die or he'd no, he'd be, Does he have the appropriate gear? He has the appropriate gear. He doesn't <laughs> die of pressure, heat, or cold. Any planet. Uh, These are like the questions probably, we used to get in the Arian Foster show. I'm gonna probably say just Mercury. Mercury, all right, because it's so yeah. hot. Uh, I think I believe it's the closest. Yep, it that's is. why <laughs> I it believe is. it's close. That's why I would go to Mercury because it's the closest. The beaches Check are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lots of sun. I'm your, uh, your teammate Darren Fells chose Saturn so he could see the rings and see what those look like, which but that was a good answer as well. That, that was a good answer. So, yeah. But what do ring? What do the rings do though? Like, do you think he could ride a skateboard around the rings or something? Like, I think he had more of a cartoon view of the Saturn that he was thinking about. Amen. See, and Mercury's closer. You get back faster. Okay, my question, this is going to come as a shocker to Mark and Drew, is about fashion. Um, your Instagram, you've got a lot of different looks. I noticed mm-hmm. that you like the monochromatic. You like to go all one color. Yeah. In your is that, how would you describe your fashion style? What's, uh, when did you sort of get into all that and, and, and getting into outfits and, and different looks? Um, I kind of got into it, like, in a recent year. I actually took a fashion class in college. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what, like, got me into it, but I never – really I guess put that much effort into it prior to this year and uh I met with this this guy named any in LA and uh we talked together and we put together some looks and stuff and so that's that's how it kind of took off uh for me personally I like a lot of colors um I haven't worn like no super colorful clothes yet but I do like bright colors and I think some of the colors match my skin tone pretty well so if I get it all one color and the shoe go with it too um I'm cool with that so do you think that's something that you might do one day maybe after football a lot of athletes like to get into clothing design or partner up with a designer is that something you might like uh I think it would be interesting um like most stuff when it catches my my attention I like to just kind of delve into it and know the details behind it and stuff um, fashion has definitely caught my eye, but I feel like it's such a, not congested, but it's a, it's a place where a lot of people are. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's quite my direction, but, um, if I find an outlet in that, in that, um, place, I would definitely like to explore it. Eric Murray joining us on the Texans player show. Okay. When you were growing up, who was your favorite non-sports, either celebrity or hero or something? Non-sports uh, celebrity. Somebody not in sports, like maybe a superhero or a celebrity or, or actor or whatever. Who'd you have as a kid? Um, I mean, I watch a lot of cartoons, so yeah. it's a, more of an adult cartoon, but Family Guy. I love Family Guy. So yeah. Peter Griffin was probably like one of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. Anything goes. And I enjoy I enjoy that type of comedy. I just 
Mm-hmm. It's funny to me. I've seen every episode. So, like, um, I usually watch it at home with my girlfriend and stuff, and I recite all the jokes because I've seen it so many times, and it, it's still funny every time, even if I know what's coming and everything. So it's just good comedy, you know? The funny I thing like about those cartoons that like you see all the all the memes and the gifts and the jokes. Yeah. And it's like when you watch The Office, you're like, oh, I, I recognize that as a response to something I once said. I feel like Family Guy is very similar. Like a lot of those. Yeah, it's definitely. Once you see a scene yeah. that you've already seen and then the meme goes perfectly with it, it's like <laughs> five times funnier. <laughs> And you could do those cartoons like The Simpsons forever because the uh, yeah. the actors don't age; they're just pictures, and the voices just have to be there, and it's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Just have to write another another place, another cartoon that's real good with memes is SpongeBob. SpongeBob memes oh, are yes. like golden for whatever reason. Um, SpongeBob is is that's endless memes right there. And just wait till you start reading SpongeBob books to your kids because <laughs> that started happening for they me. Books. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, they can, you can, they can kind of craft it so it's, uh, it works and it's, uh, it's appropriate enough. So, yeah. All right, I got one. If you could have one magical power, what would your magical power be? Man, you know what? I just started this yesterday and I still, I'm still undecided. Um, because I was watching The Blood of Zeus, right? And they got the powers, right? So I'm like, okay. I can't remember the guy's name, but he had like a super speed and invisibility at the same time. So I thought, that's kind of where I would want to fall, but that's two powers. So I don't know if I can pull that one off, but he was one, he was one entity. It wasn't two. So I think I can get that. All right. Wow. Invisibility. Hmm. Now that would just be two tons of fun. I mean, really the, the stuff I'd like that in college, I think more than now. Uh, but that's just a personal comment. I have a question. Yep. All right. So you were big into wrestling. If you were a wrestler, what would your wrestling name be? Wrestler, what would my wrestling name be? Mm. It had to be something like high flying. I just, because um, jumping off the turnbuckle, that's like the most craziest thing I ever seen. Like I used to love RVD when he would do the frog splash. Like that was tight. Um, so it had to be something super high flying. Um, I can't come up with nothing on the spot. A right high now. flyer. I'm sure we could come. Yeah, up. Yeah, some something crazy like that. So you you're into that stuff? You watch that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I grew up on wrestling. Wrestling was amazing, even though people say it's fake or whatever. <laughs> let somebody hit you with a steel chair, and then you tell me it's fake. And the oh, athleticism no. too, man. <laughs> athleticism is just it's, it's, yeah, it's, all, and it takes supreme acting. Like yeah. when they started doing when the COVID hit, and then they was like wrestling but it was nobody in the crowd and they still had the same type of emotion and all that i said man that's impressive you can't do nothing but <laughs> yep. applaud that yep yeah. I, I think the thing about it is that a, a lot of people love all the trash talk in sports and all the mm-hmm. talking back and forth and wrestling they just mastered that that is i mean right. they do that better than anybody so it's pure entertainment that way and and you get plenty mm-hmm. of it and they're always going to set it up beautifully so um I, I support you in that wholeheartedly. I, I know so many really intelligent people who love wrestling. You know, it's just, it's, no, it's, it's true. Wrestling is amazing. Says it like he's surprised. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's great entertainment. There's, there's a reason why it is as big as it is. Okay, Eric Murray is with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. I want to know if you saw the movie Draft Day and how realistic that is of the Browns <laughs> facilities. Uh, I know Kevin Costner is not walking around, but he did work with uh, – 
Baker Mayfield a little bit, obviously in practice, but uh, let's get into it with Eric Murray on Cleveland coming up next for the Houston Texans here on the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. This Players Show on Texans Radio. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. It's the Texans Player Show here on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer with, with you, D.P. Sidhu, Drew Doherty, and Eric Murray, Texans safety, formerly of the Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs. Now, played Kansas City already this year, but we're playing Cleveland on the road mm-hmm. on Sunday at noon. And it's got to be special to go back there uh, and give a, little, uh, give a little extra juice to you and to the former Browns being in the building, a chance to beat Cleveland, your former employer. What about that part of it? Uh, I'm just hoping it's a nice day that day, and it's a brisk day. You know, Ohio has some crazy weather, but um, if it's in our favor, I think that'll contribute to us and contribute to a win for sure. So um, I'm definitely excited to go back and play those guys and, and, and give a nice, tough contest. I still remember the last time we were up in Cleveland. It was November. It was snowing. It was weirdly cold. And Drew and I, Drew and I saw – Walking through the tunnel, Brian Cushing, who's now right. strength and conditioning, he was, he was an inside linebacker back then. He walks through the tunnel, opens his mouth, and drinks the melting slush. No. That's, that that's nasty. Yeah. What would he do? So gross. He's a know, psychopath. He I mean, we, and he's our psychopath, but yeah, it's, <laughs> a psychopath. it's totally weird. I don't know about that one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Eric, on Sunday in Cleveland, uh, here's the forecast. It's going to be going to be in the 50s with some uh, some 40 percent chance of showers. So this will be a November okay. Cleveland day, kind of you know on the lake, a little nasty, but you kind of want yeah. it that way. That's pretty cool. Uh, what was your uh, what were your interactions like with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? Uh, it was it wasn't too bad. Um, me and Baker, we talked here and there, but it's kind of like the quarterbacks. You know, they're a little different from everybody else. They always apart and they, you know, they kind of roll in a pod or whatever. But um, we spoke a little bit and we had some cool interactions and got to share some stories. So I think it was cool um, playing with Baker and, and the Browns. What's the challenge he presents as a quarterback for for you guys as a defense? Um, I think a lot of people don't know this, but he throw like super hard. Um, he always tried to put a lot of zip on the ball. So I know this past week, um, we had trouble with catching interceptions, so I think I'm just putting that out there. So when we go play them, it's no surprise. Uh, when the ball hits your hands, you just got to catch it. But uh, he just has a strong arm. Um, he has a strong running game behind him. So that's a, that's a tough challenge right there. Yeah, what about that, uh, the the drop pick opportunity? Some of those were tough catches, you know, but you want to mm-hmm. make, make those. Um, how do you guys get better at that aspect of the game? And do you have a lot of time to work on that kind of thing with the jugs machine or however you might organize that? Oh, yeah, you definitely got a lot of time to work on catching. Uh, it can be anything as small as, you know, a little catching game. Uh, I know the running back group plays a game uh, where they do this kind of like this back and forth catch thing. So it's it's really reactive yeah. uh, and it really simulates the kind of the balls that people drop this week um, in the game. So, I think if we do that, um, we'll be all right. 
I know you haven't really started getting into the film yet, um, but you know when you when you look at Baker Mayfield, just casually looking at him this year, year three, how how do you think he's improved from last year? It just seems like numbers wise, he's throwing a lot less <clears throat> interceptions than he had in the past. But what about the growth that you, you see from him? I think he's um, come a long way in his like his decision making and uh, how he diagnoses the defense, and it definitely makes it, makes it easier uh, when you can run the ball and then kind of add play action to get the defense sucked up. So. It makes the throws a lot easier, which um, he can definitely make those throws, um, and it definitely shores up his decision-making. How about, about playing under Romeo Cornell since the change? You guys are 2-2, two and two and you're looking to kind of build momentum. You know, what's a different mood been like now that you've settled in, you all have settled in mm-hmm. after the big change was made about a month or so ago? Uh, it's just, I mean, it's completely different. Romeo has a different personality from, from Bill, and um, he's a high-energy guy, and he's a – He's an older gentleman. He's not old, but he's an older gentleman. Uh, been around, been around football a long time. So uh, he's a real even keel guy, um, and he brings high energy even for somebody of that age. Um, and it's it's nice to see, and the excitement that he brings every day um, is just admirable, and it it makes you want to do the same thing. Eric, I find it interesting that in your career, uh, and I know that during the season, it's it's scout team versus the ones on each side of the football. But in training camp, you faced Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Deshaun Watson. That's pretty cool stuff. I mean, that, you know, you faced a lot of good quarterbacks in training camp when it's a lot of ones against the ones. So what has that been like for you? How has it helped you sharpen up your game? Uh, definitely sees how quarterbacks' personalities differ. Um, Patrick is more of a – improvisation type of guy um and you can see that in like the way he plays like he did the underhand pass and I remember when I was there he did a left-handed pass and that kind of like that's kind of the stuff that he does um I would say Alex is more regimented you know he needs people in spots and and things like that um Baker is about the same where he he wants people in the same spot uh, he wants his reads to be clean and stuff like that. Uh, and Deshaun kind of brings a mix in between those. Like, he does some great improvisational p- plays um, where he's, you know, where he's hard to tackle. And even a, the first down he got last week was just crazy. Like, I don't know how he managed to get out of that. Um, but they all have powerful arms, and Deshaun is is very accurate when he throws the ball deep. Um, so he's he's a mix in between those those two styles. Very what about cool. the wide receiver group for the Browns? I mean, Kareem Hunt, you played you played alongside him with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He's doing some nice things for them. They they miss out on OBJ, but they still have Jarvis Landry. So what sort of challenge does that pose for the defensive backs group this week? Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge because Kareem can catch the ball too. I think a lot of people don't really talk about that. They always get caught up in, you know, his yeah. run and stuff like that, but – he catches the ball out of the backfield really well, and uh, Jarvis is one of those people, like, even when he's covered, like, he still catches the ball. And that's tougher than any, you know, route that somebody can run or anything. Like, that's really frustrating when you're all over a guy and he still catch, manages to catch the ball. Um, so I think we really got to be on top of our game and just be in his hip pocket and have good positioning so we can attack the ball and not be boxed out or anything like that because – Jarvis has really strong hands, so if he gets his hands on the ball, it's going to be tough to cry it out. How hard is it playing your position, Eric, when 
a team has good pass catchers, whether it's tight ends, receivers, whatever, and you got to be <clears> ultra alert about that. But then, oh, here they are handing off, and you got to go play the run and uh, abandon ship on whatever coverage you have in a split second. I mean, there are some real quick decisions you have to make in the defensive backfield. Tell us about that. Excuse me. I think it all um, just comes down to, to reading your keys and your run pass keys and formational keys because um, that could be the split difference between making a tackle in the backfield or, or being more alert on a play action or something like that. So uh, I think as long as you do your homework throughout the week, um, you're able to make those decisions a lot faster and you're not caught off guard. Mm-hmm. What about um... – dealing with the pandemic we talked about it early and and coming to a new city but just the day-to-day regimen of testing practice and and the fact that you know you guys can't do what you normally would do as players like big dinners or whatever whatever you might do to bond and Mm -hmm. and, uh, spend your off field hours your off practice hours how has that been for you uh, I think it's different for me since I have a family and stuff. So um, I spend a lot. I spend a lot of time at home anyway. Um, just to be able to spend time with them is is good enough for me. I think as far as like spending time with my teammates and stuff, I think we still find those times in the building to to bond and kind of get our mind off football here and there. Um, so I think we've been pretty close this year, and we have a close close group of DBs, and we got a close group of guys in general. What's it like playing for Danton Lynn, and what is he like in the meeting rooms? Well, I guess these are Zoom <laughs> rooms for the most part, but uh, what is it like being around him this season? Uh, anytime you have, like, a former player being your DB coach, especially somebody um, who played the position, it's, it's wonderful because um, they kind of understand um, the issues and they understand the predicament certain players be in. and uh, It makes it easier to talk about things. and. Um, he just brings a calm presence to the to the meeting room. He explains it the same way every time. Uh, he's very detailed, and he kind of he has he's very emotional, and he he understands how to let this his emotion out in certain points in time, and not let it overwhelm him, and in turn over overwhelm the group. Say if somebody's doing good or bad, um, he's nice and even keel, and he knows when to turn it on and turn it down. Hey, uh, Mark just brought up how you guys meet much of the time on Zoom. And earlier you mentioned that you have a, a little one. We've all got kids here on this call. Who has been the worst as far as your teammates, maybe even you, <laughs> little kids or with dogs or with just disruptions on the Zoom over the course of, of all these meetings the last five, six months? Uh, I'll my son. He's just been – I'm upstairs right now, so he wanted to come upstairs while I was doing this. If he was up here, we probably wouldn't have been able to do this. So, How old is he? Um, <laughs> he's pretty distracting. My dog is up here right now. He's over there. <laughs> he's laying on the ground, so he's not that distracting. But pretty good. He's he can he can be distracting when he wants. My dog just started barking on cue. How old is your son, Eric? Uh, Twenty-one months. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Congratulations. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for the Texans player show. Eric, good luck this weekend and getting ready for the Browns. We uh, really want to thank you for being on the show tonight. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. All right. That's Eric Murray, Texan safety on the Texans player show. And you can catch this one on a podcast later, or you can catch Texans all access next. It's all happening here on Texans radio.
This is Texans Radio. At Amogee Bank, it's all about relationships. And in talking with our customers, we found a consistent theme. Having a banking professional speak to me on a personal level has meant a lot. Amogee Bank made it happen for us. They make you feel important. You don't get that everywhere. Thank you to Amogee Bank from all of us and all of our families. From our fans to yours. Here's to more family, business, and banking. Amogee Bank, Lions Bank Corporation, NA, member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. Care for your car.